Hiya, I'm Bio, and in case you're wondering, you are now listening to the Water Joke Podcast. A friendly disclaimer before you proceed, continued listening may result in one or more of the following. Involuntary and unrestrained laughter. <laughs> Learning new things. Uh-huh. Enjoyment, being offended, and falling in love. <laughs> and most importantly, always remember, please... Don't take everything you hear on here too seriously. <sighs> Don't you just love that smell? It's, it's a smell of chocolates, cakes, unexpected breakfast, and extravagant gifts. It also smells like... Boxers and singlets. Ew. Ladies, I hope you left that in the pre-Pandora world. Well, it's that time of year again. Valentine's! A day that's been marked out by most of the world to show love. To whom, you ask? To anybody. Everybody. It could be your spouse, your uncle, a colleague, a total stranger. That beggar by the corner of the road. It could be your friends or maybe you're like me. And you're actively practicing self-love on the day. <sighs> Whatever the case may be, love is the word of the day. For those of you who are Valentine-less, here's a fact to make you feel even worse about that. Every year on Valentine's Day, the city of Verona in Italy receives about 1,000 letters addressed to a Juliet. Yes, you guessed it. The same one from Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> A fictional character who's been dead for thousands of years has more Valentines than you. <laughs> but no letters for Romeo. It's an unfair world we live in. Some may argue that you don't need to wait till Valentine's Day to show all the massive displays of love. And it's true. I mean, there's nothing really holding you back. So, why do we? Well, I'm about to tell you one of the most gosh darn romantic stuff you've ever heard. So snuggle up to your valentine or your pillow. This is the story of Valentine's Day. It all began a long, long time ago. But nobody knows exactly when, so we're going to start with um, at 6th century BC. Ancient Rome, Lupercalia. To know Lupercalia is to know the origins of Rome. Legend has it that King Amulius... <coughs> Wait, sorry, let's just, let's just talk about that name for a bit. See, the naming convention that uh, the ancient Romans used um, gave birth to names like Romanus, Titus, Cornelius, Augustus, Augustinus, Felix, or as they are known in a certain region of Nigeria... Romanus, Titus, Cornelius, Augustus, Augustinus. Exactly, that's what I mean. I don't blame you if you thought originally that those names were Igbo names. No offense now, you know. So King Amelius ordered his twin nephews Romulus and Remus to be thrown into the Tiber River after their mother broke her vow of celibacy. But then the question I have is, did he only realize she broke it after nine months? Like, whoa! So that's why your belly was big and you kept throwing up everything you ate. 
you were pregnant? And then he goes, wait, you're pregnant. Ah, bring your cane. I kind of get that. A vow is a very sacred thing and she broke it. If you're lenient with her by letting her keep the products of the broken vow, then it shows weakness, something no king would want to show. I mean, he could have put them in an orphanage or even sold them into slavery if you want to go far, but no. Throwing them in a river is the much wiser option. Because it's not like those children never survive and come back later for revenge. But as the story goes, a servant took pity on them and put them in a basket on the river instead. I feel like we've all heard at least one story like this. You know, stuff like Dororo, Blood of Zeus, even this one. I wonder, I get that you're trying to save the baby, you know, um, protect them from those that would do harm. But putting a baby in an unmanned basket down the river is, is kind of prolonging death. The rivers are not usually that safe. By the way, I didn't mention Moses because his sister followed him um, to make sure that he was okay. Forward thinking. Idea. The basket was carried down river by the river god to a wild fig tree and it got stuck. Luckily, there was a she-wolf there to rescue them and care for them. Don't look at me, I didn't write any of these stories. Fast forward to years later, they get adopted by a shepherd and his wife, become shepherds themselves and kill their uncle, the king. Okay, I may have missed a few steps, but for the record, if he put them in an orphanage, the most they would have done would be to kick him out of the palace or something. Just saying. The twins later found the cave den of the she-wolf that cared for them and named it Lupercal. Ooh, that's a canon fact. So it's widely thought that Lupercal is a tradition in honor of the she-wolf and to please the Roman fertility god Lupercus. <clears throat> so this is where we have a problem. If you ask me, it's like they totally ignored the river god that directed their baskets. Personally, I'm pissed for the guy. Like, why is this Lupercus person the one that you are celebrating? This, this is why we can't have nice things, people. And I guess that's why Romans feared transportation by water too. It's like, hey, we forgot to give that guy a holiday. Guy, just say thank you. No, it's too late. I'm pretty sure it's too late. <sighs> I've said a lot, but I haven't said what Lupercalia is. Is it a festival where orphans find new homes? Is it a celebration of wolves and the nurturing nature they possess? Or is it a celebration filled with animal sacrifices, random matchmaking, and warding off of evil spirits? To know if your answer is right, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Yellow. This has been a word from our sponsors. Every February 15, starting at Lupercal Cave, a group of Lupercai. You know, it sounds like cute deer-like animals, but they are actually Roman cult priests. It's easy to see where you'd make the mistake though. So they would sacrifice one or more male goats, a representation of sexuality because, I mean, what's more sexual than a male goat? Man. They would also sacrifice a dog because, why not? Afterwards, the Lupercai got naked and they'd rub two of their foreheads with the animal's blood using the sacrificial knife. No need to worry about a touch of red when you've got animal blood, eh? But they didn't leave the blood on for long because that would be messy. So 
they removed it with a piece of milk soaked wool. As the Lupakai laughed. <laughs> now it was time for the feast. And back then, nobody, and I mean nobody, did feasts like the Romans. When the feast of Lupakai was done, the Lupakai cut strips of goat hide from the newly sacrificed goats. Why? To whip women, of course. If you were female and within striking distance, you were ready to be whipped. But it's not like the women ran from it. Rather, they welcomed it. It's not every day you get a chance at becoming more fertile simply by getting whipped by a naked priest, now is it? BDSM much? Yes, the priest was still very much naked. Before the day was done, single women would drop their names into a huge jar so men could randomly choose and pair up with them for the rest of the festival and possibly the entire year. And we know how great ancient Roman marriages were, right? Hmm. Don't you just love love? I mean, every love story has its fair share of rituals, wicked uncles and beatings and bloody priests, right? Imagine ending up without a valentine though, even after all of that. Like, that's the true definition of depression. Why me? But it was so great, why did it stop? What ended Lupercalia? A. Interpol B. WHO C. The French And D. The Church If you chose WHO, I would question your knowledge of history or lack thereof. And if you chose Interpol, you would be wrong as well because if you chose the church, you'd be correct. Obviously, it had to be the church because who else would be shutting down ancient pagan holidays? As you've heard, the holiday was a little weird. So in the 5th century AD, Pope Gelasius I, possibly the inventor of gelato, eliminated Lupicalia and declared February 14th a day to celebrate the martyrdom of St. Valentine's. But that doesn't sound like exactly what we do today. So why is it all love, love, love now? That's because St. Val was a pretty sweet guy. In those days, young men in Rome were forbidden from getting married because it would make them bad soldiers. Are you ready to go to... <coughs> Are you ready to go to war, soldiers? Sir, yes, sir! Are you ready to become heroes? Sir, yes, sir! Are you ready to die for Rome? Eh? Sir? You, you say? Sir, so I, so I have a family. <laughs> well, I'll be good soldier. Good old Saint Val didn't like this. So he conducted secret weddings for Christian couples in love. Roman Emperor Claudius II didn't like that. So he imprisoned Valentines. Valentine, his name is Valentine, not Valentines. Dude. Who actually tried to convert Claudius to Christianity while he was imprisoned? I mean, ha there's no harder guy move than that. The guy put him in prison for conducting secret marriages. And while you're there, you now try to convert him. I mean, if he walked, you'd have me mad. You'd have me very mad. But as it didn't work, he pissed Claudius off even more and he gave him an ultimatum reject your faith or die. This one is easy. Did he reject his faith or not? This is like a Dora thing. I'm waiting for you to answer. If you said not, you've been paying attention. If you chose the other option, I have no words for you. 
Legend has it that while imprisoned, he tutored the jailer's blind daughter, Julia. After this, they prayed together and God restored her sight. And on the night before his execution, he supposedly wrote a letter to Julia and signed it from your Valentine. That's another canon theory right there. When she got the notes, she was overwhelmed with love and broke him out and they lived happily ever after. <sighs> Not. Aww. Ignore what I said after from your Valentine because he got beheaded the next morning. Yeah, it was a dark day oh, for him and well, I guess other people who wanted to get married after that. He became martyred on February 14th and now we have Valentine's Day. All thanks to a guy that loved so deeply at the cost of his own life. Doesn't it just... Doesn't it just make you cry? <laughs> or are you bitter and heartless? As you celebrate Valentine's this year, I want you to think about the people you love, the men like those Roman soldiers who were forbidden from love, the women like those in ancient Rome who followed tradition, whether it was painful and reproductive or not, even the dogs and the sexual goats. Meh. Remind them that you love them even after the day is done and have a blessed Valentine's Day. It's not too late to send me Valentine's gift. I know I'm doing self-love, but you can love me too. Thank you for listening to the end. If you liked it or not, please share with your friends, family, enemies, and total strangers in any way you can. Help share the humor. It would also mean a lot if you could subscribe to this show on the official Jammer platform. And I'd love to respond to your comments on the official Jammer Twitter page at Jammer.fm under the post for this episode. Tune in next Monday for another episode because really, you can't make this stuff up.